Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of Southside Trap Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. On today's episode, we're going to chat about a Chicago Red Stars quarterfinal victory. We are also going to chat about the semifinal where the Red Stars will face off against Portland Thorns FC. And we're going to chat a little bit about some U.S. Women's National Team news because whenever that impacts the Chicago Red Stars, we chat about it. I can't wait to get through all of this, but it's a lot. I couldn't do it alone. Can never do anything alone. And because it's a semifinal, we had to do this correct. We absolutely had to come correct. So Claire and I are in each other's presence to record this episode. My friend, homie, and colleague, scam originator, Claire Watkins. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm good. I love that we're both, both of what we are wearing is so comfy cozy. <laughs> we're both just wearing like straight up sweatpants. It's like joggers. Yeah. And while Claire is going full cozy with a kind of burgundy. I have a sweater on. Sweater. Yeah. I just went with like the burgundy shirt. shirt. <laughs> it is quite hilarious how much twinning is going on right here. Yeah. I really do love it. Sandra is wearing shoes. I am not. Love you, buddy. I can't wait to chat about Chicago Red Stars with you, as always. That's what we do here on this podcast. It is now official for me, dude. It's now official. Now I feel like the playoffs are starting for Chicago. For sure. I mean, I think. I mean, we can talk about this more after we talk about the game, but um, I think this was probably this past weekend was about as the best experience Chicago could possibly hope for. And one that I wish, not wish, but it could have been useful for them in the past, which is that the playoffs start now, except they've also won a playoff game. Yeah. So it's like those two things working together, I think, is is really great for the vibe because we all know how Chicago has gotten a little bit starstruck in the moment in the postseason in the past. And obviously you build on 2019, all that sort of stuff. But I do just think that being presented with a very winnable game at the beginning of a playoff run is – a blessing like truly I do think so so um yeah playoffs start now but they also want a playoff game so that's great no nah, I'm in full agreement with you in terms of all those perspectives for those of you listening let's just go in order so we're gonna hit you all with some some news stuff uh with the U.S. Women's National Team roster that will give our perspectives of this quarterfinal this first ever quarterfinal victory for Chicago and then obviously look ahead to Portland so hang around or skip through whatever you want to uh that interests you the most but uh, prior to the semifinal taking place on Sunday, November 14th, the United States women's national team and head coach Vlako Andonovsky uh, announced a uh, roster for the upcoming Australia matches that are going to be taking place in November. And I want to go back a little bit with this announcement because the truth is, is that these Australia games were kind of up in the air. So I remember uh, when the international windows were coming up for September and October, and while there was a lot of excitement for other players to get in the mix of those matches, the October friendly sort of closed out with like this billing of, oh, it's Carly Lloyd's final national team game, and also the United States women's national team's final domestic homestead. And also, we don't know if there's going to be other games. Like, that was the vibe. That was the energy. And a lot of that was because if this team was going to go to Australia, there was a bunch of things that had to fall in line. Right. So things like uh, 
having conversations with players i'm sure having conversations with australian governments i'm sure uh figuring out the COVID protocols and all of that stuff that would come into play uh, should these two teams meet together in australia and uh travel plans because australia is a cool country yeah they've handled the pandemic very differently than the ha- way we did yes here. they're a yeah. cool smart country that has required uh vaccinations mm-hmm. for uh traveling in in and out of the country so we're bringing this up because as we're going through this roster uh it had a lot of new faces yeah and to be clear actually this is a standard that the united states is also now setting for business travel into the united states if you are a non-citizen of the united states you also have to be vaccinated this is not just an australia thing um yeah, no, I think that, you know, like I said, Australia has handled this very differently. They have taken pretty stringent lockdown rules. Um, they have really limited international travel. Um, but that has allowed them to be a little bit, well, certainly it has helped them with the dangers of the pandemic. And it's also allowed them to do things like have games. And so just necessary in the games even being played was the United States making assurances about the traveling party that they'll be bringing with them. So the, the roster got announced and it's, uh, I believe it's like a 22 player roster. And there were going to be a lot of eyes on that because people uh, who try to watch this type of stuff closely or try to pay attention to those things will obviously probably try to also connect uh, some dots. Uh, But within this roster, there's like a bunch of players who have had zero caps with the national team. Mm -hmm. Um, And there is one Chicago Red Star that is going to be representing, and that is Tierna Davidson uh, on the defensive line. So uh, there is uh, no Casey Kruger for this one. Julie Ertz and Alyssa Nair are out. Obviously, they've they've been navigating some injuries all year round um and there was no malpew somebody who uh, played with this national team in september and october and got extended minutes and starts uh within some of those matches so there there was some uh media availability based on the announcement of this roster as there always is that's very common uh the u.s announces the roster and those of us in the space can expect um a post or a, a media press conference with Vlaco, you know a post announcement of the roster and that happened with this one so uh with names like Malpew missing with somebody like maybe a trinity rodman missing considering all of the new names that were placed on this roster there were questions about uh, players in their absences and Vlako Andonovsky essentially in this press conference uh, did his due diligence and said hey we extended multiple invites to players and here are some players who opted out so he mentioned uh, Kelly O'Hara specifically uh, opting out of this particular camp uh, due to some family obligations and he also uh, reiterated that Mallory Pugh and Trinity Robin were extended invites but had opted out and uh, he just sort of left it at that there was no extra information about that and Claire and I wanted to chat a little about about that on this episode right now because we're thinking about the player who plays for the Chicago Red Stars in this case it's Mallory Pugh and um, her absence on this roster due to what was obviously a personal choice to to opt out because there was no additional reasoning that that was given behind it I mean yeah I mean nothing 
has there he did not say why right he did not say why and there has been this new culture within the team of allowing players space to opt out um crystal dunn actually we're recording this on the day she announced it you know her part of her reasoning obviously is because she's she's pregnant which is wonderful but um you know uh, Kristen press has taken some time off um they're giving a number of players time off just by not calling them into this camp um but I'll also just be like completely frank that I'm not particularly interested in covering for players if there's conjecture that they are not vaccinated because I don't think that's acceptable. And that was a conjecture about about Mallory Pugh. That was the the implication about this. And I think that opens up a whole lot of other questions, not only about the Red Stars organization, but also whether Mallory Pugh is a good fit for the United States women's national team because those that kind of personal choice personal reasons right we've seen that before um has been claimed it's been uh seen as a fit issue for the team and if it is a vaccination issue it's not going away australia is not going to suddenly let unvaccinated players in in 18 months i don't think that's going to be true um so that puts us in the position of being like okay so should we be saying that mallory Pugh should be on the u.s women's national team i don't know um and I also think that if she is vaccinated and is interested in um, telling people that, that'd be great, right? Yeah, if, right? There's a lot of ifs. A lot of there. ifs, yeah. um, And I think that's where people are, are navigating and walking uh, through. They're, they're looking at, at the ifs, right? People often take to social media and try to connect dots through the ifs. You know, she's got a, a World Series winning champion uh, boyfriend mm-hmm. who uh, – is filled with a lot of ifs as well. Yeah. Uh, likes a lot of questionable things, yeah. uh, you know, on, on the, his social media page and people will continue to try to make those dots. Right. It's like, in like, uh, like my grandma was told me like growing up, right. Like in Spanish, like, dime con, con quien andas, you know, like who, who, who you hang with is going to tell me about who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, sometimes people like, that's just kind of what you got to look at. And yeah. for, some for some people who are in the spotlight and we'll just say in this case professional athletes sure. right people will do that yeah um so when you are in a position of sort of being in a high profile level um you open yourself to those things right. that unfortunately comes with the job yeah um so i'm with you uh, whether or not you know that's something that she wants to address personally or publicly is her prerogative but yep. if if she chooses the latter, which is a no, it's just gonna continue to, um, you know, allow other people to continue doing what they're already currently doing. Right. Um, yeah, no, uh, but I'm with you. I mean, I know you and I have, uh, hopped on this podcast. I mean, we were, sorry, I like went somewhere in my brain. We were like peak pandemic doing this podcast, you know, and there were a lot of times, you know, well, we hopped on here and it was like a wellness check in, uh, mm-hmm. you know, quite frankly, w- with doing this stuff. Um, there's a lot of people who are uh, traumatized, scarred uh, from the pandemic and uh, probably are now finding themselves maybe in a different place where they're trying to, you know, perhaps heal and move past that. Right. Um, and that's tough, I think, for people who are both doing that mm-hmm. and also find themselves as like I don't know like fans of the women's national team yeah you know like it's a it's a struggle um yeah, yeah. um I have a thought about that generally uh one that I've been thinking about a lot recently um 
this has been ongoing for over a year, year and a half now, right? We've been talking a lot about um, a holistic look at some of these athletes because people have felt um, like their values have been betrayed, right? And here, here's my here's my overarching thought on this, and this is why I don't think these issues are going away and why I think people need to just come with their own level of comfort with it is, so like when you read a book or you listen to music or you engage with someone's work, a movie, a TV show, you are in- engaging with the contents of a person's brain, Right. And so if you love a musical artist, you are engaging with something that they created out of their personality and, and, and their intellect. And same thing with a book and same thing with, with film. And so it's easier, I think, to value align with those things because you are actually engaging with the inner life of another person. That is not how it works in sports. In sports, you are engaging with a performance. And that means that the people who excel in that arena, some of them also have that really exceptional inner life and they let you into that and you, it's uh, enriching to get to know those people better. But you're going to have people who are not. And they are exceptional athletes who have succeeded in that particular arena that does not ask for those things. People talk a lot about teamwork. People talk a lot about sportsmanship and team togetherness. And I think that a lot of that is true and a lot of that is bullshit. And I think that you are constantly for the rest of your lives going to be confronted, particularly with athletes that you fall in love with because of what they do on the field. And then you find out more things about them that make that harder. So I don't have an answer. Um, I think people should go with it the way that they want to. I will say this. I will say that, um, Red Stars, there's, there are parts of Red Stars, members of Red Stars ownership who have been very vocal about the vaccine and have been very vocal about, um, athletes not getting the vaccine. And I think that's good. I think that it's questions that need to be asked. I think it's a conversation that needs to be had. I don't think it's a both sides kind of an argument. Sandra and I both feel that way. Okay. But look in your own house, man. You know, um, so I, I don't know. I think, I, like I said, I think it's up to everybody. I, I will say as a media member, like I said, I'm not really interested in covering for anybody. And I'm also not willing to, to meet people where they're not at, meaning that I'm not interested in the narrative of a player trying to make the U.S. women's national team if they're turning call-ups down for those kinds of, of, of personal reasons. Yeah, I also just the personal reason aspect yeah. of it it always rings loudly for me and i know i've chatted with you about this off mic so i'm bringing it on mic now but you know for for people who are maybe finding themselves new to the space of, of women's soccer or finding themselves new to chicago uh following the chicago red stars um there were some years ago where there was uh, an outside back uh in the mix for a women's national team pools uh, by the name of Jalen Hinkle and uh, opted out of a camp due to what was referred to as personal reasons, which later came to light as she did not want to wear rainbow jerseys uh, due to like uh, deep religious beliefs. We'll just say that. Right. Um, so now it's like Claire and I are like looking at this roster and then like looking at 
the next era in front of us of the soccer that we're probably going to have to continue covering and just sort of saying like, wow, so like that's a, another thing that we're putting in the category of personal reasons. It's, yep. it's, it's quite, uh, it's quite ridiculous for lack of a better word, but not only that, like the, uh, I remember the energy around that time, mm-hmm. the energy was massive, yep. massive. And, uh, it, was viewed as like a detriment yeah, to, to the, the makeup and sport. build of the team and yeah. the sport. Yeah. And um, it's weird, honestly, to sort of sit with this and say, that's not the same energy right. here. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it's just, again, this sort of semi post COVID era that we are trying to transition out of, even though we're not completely out of it, but trying to transition out of um, and sort of wondering like, why is the energy different or, 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 or lacking or, or whatever? Um, and uh, will this impact the players who opted out for said personal reasons yeah. in the future? Because it impacted that former player. Right. And so I'm wondering if that's going to impact these players, uh, especially when we're talking about the World Cup that they are trying to get a crack at yeah. is going to be in the same country, in Australia and New Zealand. Yep. So are you effectively taking yourself out of the running? Like there's just these things that yeah. you just, these questions that we ask. And we're just like, uh, okay, that's weird. Yeah. But okay. Personal reasons, right? right? Like that's, it's one of those things. So, um, we are thrilled for Tierney Davidson. For sure. Uh, and excited to continue to see her development. Yeah. As a true, uh, stalwart on that back line. Yeah, I have one more thing, one more thought on this, and we will talk about the quarterfinal in a second because um, I actually I do have nice things to say about Mal Pugh, but um, <laughs> on the field uh, is the one other thing that's happening here is Sandra and I are speaking in generalities because of a lack of transparency. Bingo. And I think we talk a lot about transparency this year in a lot of different facets, right? And what we have seen an issue in the NWSL and in U.S. soccer is transparency is great when you have good news. Transparency is wonderful when you have good things to say, positive, wonderful things to say, or when you're advocating for yourself, maybe. Um, But this is a, this is a transparency failure. And that is an issue because we talk a lot about how this sort of code of silence can hurt people. Um, That applies to players too. And we are here to uplift players and and we want to protect them and we want to listen to them. But you can't let the lack of transparency work for you when you yourself are in a, a position of maybe doing harm. And so yeah. that's another issue as well. So I think that not shockingly, none of this is cut and dry. Um, I don't see this going away. I think this is going to be a challenge for Red Stars fans um, and for us. I think it's just something that, um, like most things that we've been doing with over the last 18 months or so, um, we'll probably continue to do, keep an eye on over the next 18 months or so. Yep. Honestly. Um, Because, yeah, that World Cup is much closer than than I think people people realize. Um, So we'll have to pay attention to that. I will say to really sort of transition to yeah, yeah, yeah. a thing I was also very excited about, as most people were. This isn't shocking. Thrilled for Margaret Purse being on this roster as Absolutely. a forward. As a forward, so excited. Maybe. Uh, yeah, Mitch Purse has had a uh, fantastic uh, season uh, for Gotham. 
and uh, was a player that we were keeping an eye on uh, going into <laughs> this <true>. quarterfinal. <laughs> let's let's let's. Yeah, trend. I was gonna say like I love I love like she got the MVP shortlist. She got the U.S. call up, which is great because it was surrounding a big L. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. It's great how that stuff works yeah. out. Uh, that's called a transition, baby. Yep. Chicago Red Stars defeat New Jersey, New York, Gotham football club football <laughs> football club one zero in front of just over seven thousand fans at yeah. cq stadium uh in a quarterfinal matchup something about this current red stars forum where it's the narrow scoreline and the defensive clean sheet that has been getting it done for this red star uh, red star side but in our in our preview of this of this match uh we chatted a little bit about uh, individual performances, right? Ones that we would probably be keeping an eye on. Mario Purse, obviously, one of those players. Uh, Ifioma Adamanu, so, somebody who really, I think, Claire, you have had a great piece out on her earlier in 2021 for Equalizer. Um, but someone who just, like, I still somehow just feel has not been talked about a lot. Like, she has had a great, uh, a fantastic NWSL season for her team uh but all these individual pieces right um that we were looking at and then of course there was like this added narrative of oh hey it could possibly be Carly Lloyd's last game right um but on the Red Star side of things we were curious uh about the back line a little bit even though they have been kind of the anchor for this team in recent weeks in terms of the recent form but we weren't too sure if uh, the team was going to have Casey Kruger uh, available for this quarterfinal. And we had heard that it was going to be a bit of a game time or game day decision for that player um, against Gotham, whether or not she was going to go. And we just sort of like felt, well, if she's not going to go, we knew who was going to go, right? It was going to be Tatum Alasso. So we get the starting lineup. It has all the regular features on it not Casey Kruger it has Tatum Malazzo Claire what is your reaction when you like see that well it was the same thing so we were we got a chance to go to to Red Stars training that past week and I joked I made a joke that I was like man if Tatum starts she's gonna have to she's gonna have to pop pop she's gonna have to <laughs> she's gonna have to be ready for a fight um and and yeah that was my thought I was like she'll, she'll be up for it um I think I mean I think I had the thought which ended up being I think the, the same thing that the coaching staff thought which is just like okay they're just gonna have to really keep the ball in front of them and so when you have a player like Tatum Malazzo and I, I say this like as someone who thinks that she has done quite well this season if you have a players like many of the players on the Red Stars um, you just can't let the team get in behind and, and you can't let Gotham get in behind and the way that you do that and the way you support a player like Tatum Malazzo is you just hold your defensive organization really, really strictly and never put her in a position to fail. And actually, they totally did that. So I thought that was great. So, so delightful. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I, I loved it. I know we had cracked a couple jokes. We were like, okay, there's going to there's gonna be some attacking that's going to be happening. I, I feel like part of it I think too was again that another storyline that we're looking at you know Scott Parkinson is on the other side of, of that bench as a coach for Gotham FC now and if you're doing the scouting if you're 
paying attention to things and maybe that's one of the things that you're preparing for you're like okay if Kruger's not going to be in like maybe this is an area that we're going to target right uh but it was really dope to just sort of see how the red stars kind of like readjusted some things a little bit like Aaron Wright was like putting in a massive defensive effort in this game you know the funny thing is um I said, I said on this very podcast, uh, we got some stuff right last week, but I said that I didn't think it was going to be a coaching battle, and I was wrong. Um, it really actually did end up coming down to tactics a little bit. Tactics in the home team, I think being the home team also helped, but um, yeah, the Red Stars made a slight adjustment, like the slightest of adjustments, which is they did have Rachel Hill and honestly frequently Pew and Watt coming back into the midfield to help out defensively. But the thing that they did not do was push Aaron Wright forward. So they did the thing that they usually do without that extra sort of attacking swing. Um, and so, yeah, they just made it really hard for Gotham to progress the ball through the midfield and, and kick it out to the wings. And so you talk about players having like quiet games. They were just sort of negated by, by Chicago's, game plan um and to be honest like we we're we like scott parkinson here right like we 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 think he's a great guy um he was a little bit shady after the game was over and i which is funny like it makes sense because his team had just lost but he did basically say that he thought that chicago was going to lose this game the same way they lost a couple games earlier in the season he basically was like i know the negative tendencies of this team. And I thought that's what they were going to do. And I was just like, haha, they didn't. And they didn't. <laughs> yeah. They did yeah. not. Yeah. Is that called progress? I think so. Maybe it's the perfect time to yeah. have some progress. Yeah. You know, we, it's been a long season, pal. We've talked a lot about it and I'm sure we're going to get into it more when we finally take our deep dive in our end of the year chat. Uh, but it was nice to see, mm-hmm. honestly, like it was just kind of like, yo, 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 yo. They made an adjustment. Yeah. And it is working yeah. for them. Um, it was delightful. I mean, even and also like And the, it didn't seem hard in a way. Well, you also know? just like the confidence of like this right, backline right exactly. now is like ridiculous. Yeah, like you're seeing high. it on and quite literally off the pitch. Yeah. Like in the most like endearing of ways too. Like the 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 fashion walk in to the match. Yeah. Right? Where like you see BFFs like Gordon and Davidson, mm-hmm. like rocking Chicago gear, mm-hmm. like you know, like Davidson in a sky jersey, or, yeah, or Gordon in the Chicago girls, or hoodie. even like, like Aaron, Aaron Wright and Sarah Gordon bringing their kids out, yeah, for the, for the anthem, yeah. I was like, that's great. This that's is like, so good. It's like yeah. you know, the these and like having the, just having the awareness of the moment, yeah. Like this team did a thing mm-hmm. that a lot of people thought wasn't going to happen which was they did enough to earn a home playoff yeah and that didn't look like it was going to be a possibility at certain times of this season right but they did that and it's not their first home some or home playoff for somebody like an Aaron Wright or somebody like a Sarah Gordon and you know what like these moments are very rare so like I'm really glad the moms brought their kids out to the pitch and enjoy that and have a good vibe so like the confidence and the swag of this defense right now is like absolutely delightful it Mm -hmm. is so tasty and the fact that they're being tasked with like adjustments is late in the season and they're handling like it ain't shit it's very dope well yeah and and sarah gordon said after the match you know she really commended malazzo she was like yeah it 
over this week, you know, she obviously Malazzo also started the final regular season game and said that she has just been kind of like a sponge. She's been asking a lot of questions. She's been really trying to communicate well with the center backs and with her keeper. Like she's, it's cool that Chicago has such an open, easy leadership structure in that back line where you can have a rookie walk in and feel really comfortable being like, okay, wait, what did I do wrong there? How can we fix it? So when you're going that way, where do I go? And having that be really comfortable um, because those are the kinds of things that win games when it comes to crunch time. I loved also like, uh, you know, we did, I believe in the post game, it was Gordon and, and it was Miller. Miller. Yeah. So we got a sort of a defensive, uh, partnership in the post game and you know there was sort of this very early attempt very early moment in the game like we're talking like five minutes in mm-hmm. where Anamanu does what she does and yeah. she's like found space you know and took was trying to take advantage of it in the box there and Sarah Gordon kind of goes on skates yeah real she, real puts, quick, she puts her on skates right? a little but bit, it was yeah. so like listening to Gordon talk about that moment in the press conference you're just like man this is a smart yeah player yeah this is a smart defender yeah because all of the like work that they did in preparing for this game like ended up she ended up executing that in like the opening five minutes right where that even if she had a stumble she went on to you know i, I asked her like can you talk about it a little bit and, yeah. like you never want to ask a player about like hey remember when you Easy fell to do when they won the game yeah, it's yeah. Like, hey you remember when you fell yeah. can you talk about it yeah. and she was cool about it and was like you know what i took her one to be one had a spill but i was cool with it because of the angle that i got her on right and all of the preparation for that was like anumanu has a little bit of trouble with the fire pulse like it's fine well it, it it also it's a good it's a good insight into you watch a game like that and i'm not gonna pretend it was a great game i think that like first touches were horrifying passing connectivity was not there all of that sort of thing but you like look at that so like chicago what they do well doesn't show up on the stat sheet actually it's really about what they do off the ball yeah. and um so there, you watch that, you watch it on the stream or you watch it in person, you're like, wow, Ifioma Anumanu did this amazing thing. Oh, my shot was a little weak. But that's not actually what happened. What happened is that she did this amazing move. Sarah goes to ground. Sarah, though, with her body on the ground, um, is cutting off an angle, cutting off a far post angle. And then yep. she knew that Mil- Cassie Miller, and this is also something that has improved significantly with the reps that Miller's been getting in goal. Miller was covering near post. So they had they had successfully cut Anumanu's shot angles off to such an extent that it made the finish itself look a little weak. But the answer is just that Anumanu had nowhere to go with it other than not take a shot at all. The midfield. Sarah Waldmo. The midfield, the midfield, the midfield. Yeah. Um, weren't I'll put myself on bus. I think in the, even in the preview, I wasn't too sure or possibly confident that this was a game that was going to come down to the midfields. Yeah, just sort of looking at the recent form of of Gotham and some of the games where they conceded to Louisville, kind of looking like some open gaps there, and um, looking at the Chicago side of things and wondering, you know, is it are they going to maybe be taken out of the game because of kind of like the equal experience of both midfields here, right? Well, and they went in with game plans with intentions to negate one another. So canceling each other out, right? It's like, are we really going to be paying attention to the middle of the field? Right. Turns out 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about it. Talk about it. Let's talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Like, because <laughs> another funny thing that happened yeah. really early in this match uh, is that Carly Lloyd wanted to make sure that in her possible last game, she was absolutely as much a focal point as possible. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. No, she was, she was, uh, you know, I was saying, I was saying this to Meg Linehan was sitting next to me and the thing I said is when you have a player who plays kind of like that, and I, I equated it to Diana Taurasi, and I don't mean like goat level Diana Taurasi. <laughs> I mean like Diana Taurasi in game four of this most recent WNBA finals is when you say not many players can get away with that, it is kind of a pejorative, right? Yeah. Not many players should be allowed to get away with that, yep. but also not many ma- players can. And therefore it is still a little bit special to witness. There are a couple of players I- I've seen play before. The other person who was so good at this was Vera Bouquet was yeah. like when she, uh, when she would get going with a ref or when she would just get in the head yeah. of, of the team she was playing, like it was amazing. And so, um, yeah, Carly Lloyd was doing this. I don't think she necessarily successfully got into Chicago's midfield's head. Cause you got Morgan control just being like, why? Yes, correct. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's exactly why what are happened. you doing this? I think that's a quote <laughs> <Yeah>. actually. Yes. <laughs> correct. Um, no, it was, and it was like kind of like a little bit of a treat to, to witness yeah. like, because, there were, I got to shout out the crowd in this one, man. Yeah. Like it was so, that's all the other part of what's so nice about having Is these Carly moments. Lloyd going to get every call? Rory Dames was very, very loud. And yeah. let me tell you, this is a time that he was not incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because Carly Lloyd was absolutely getting, getting every, every call, call. Yeah. At, uh, at some point. Kalia Watt picking up similar fouls, not getting those yeah. calls. Right. Uh, it was a, a little bit of a awkward moment there. Um, and the crowd picking up on that, mm-hmm. booing mm-hmm. Carly Lloyd and what was her final game, booing the officiating that was taking place in the first half. Um, but there was a bit of that too, right? There was a little bit of like physical play yeah. that was happening that perhaps could have led to like the disjointedness that we were seeing in that first half. Well, was, first yellow of the game went to Walton though. It wasn't pretty that first half. No, it was not. Not even the second half really. But finally the yellows did start coming. So yeah. they, they go into halftime, right? You and I also sitting next to each other in the press box to Chicago heads who are like shit 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 this is a scary time for Chicago typically it's like the final five minutes of the, of first, the first half, half yeah. and we're like can y'all please just get to the first yeah, half yeah, the get half, the time. half yeah and it was like delightful to sit next to you like knowing that you know and so like they get into a scoreless halftime yep. which is like success and that's comfortable for them right? they, they yeah. feel fine with that yeah it's like hey success yeah they're exactly where they want to be right yes. now and yep. there was enough that they were showing us where we were like okay, this this game can actually very much still go either way. Well, it was just one of those things where, and this is true, this has been true when Chicago's played Gotham in the past this year, where you're watching it and you're like, I'm not seeing much from Gotham here. I'm not seeing the magic here. And so if Chicago has successfully uh, dampened the magic, now it's just like, okay, can Chicago get that one chance that they that they sink, you know? Let's get to it. Yep. It, it came. It came for the Red Stars. So... They open up this this second half, and in the, f- the first 15 minutes, it's same energy, right? Still similar vibes. The yellows start coming out mm-hmm. for, from the official after all the physical play that takes place in the first half. But it goes to Sarah Waldmo mm-hmm. in the 51st minute for the first yellow, which I did not have on my Red Stars bingo card. I had Tatum Malazzo getting the first yellow in this game. Yeah, I mean, it was a good yellow, though, because when you talk about like getting calls and stuff like that, I I would say, I don't think that the official, I think that the official had his issues, but I don't think it was too uneven. Um, 
obviously he did not call a foul on the turnover that led to the goal, which was good because Zerboni really tried to sell that. Um, but I think, yeah, Wolmo Gatra was getting bullied a little bit, and it wasn't her fault. She was getting like blindside bullied, and it was because people were ser- – it's kind of the flip side of what actually happened on the goal, which is that people were serving her the ball, and you, Long and Zerboni are ball hawks, and so they would, would get a toe in and, and get, get the ball. And so it seemed like Chicago had made the adjustment, the mental adjustment in the second half of just like, we cannot let them do this to us. Because not because we think they're going to score, but because we're not going to be able to score if we let them do this to us. And so I think Waldmo really personified that first by getting that yellow. And I think it was a little bit like, let's go, you know? Yeah. And then it does a little bit something to you. Yeah. In terms of that mentality that you already have. Right. You know, Um, because she and Zerboni had been scrapping. It was it was a fun individual battle to watch. I was like, okay, here's a couple of vets that are absolutely trying to get the better of the other one. Yep. And Sarah Wolmo won that Sarah, one. Sarah, she did, sure did. That's she right. She won it. She Against won it. Her so team. we got Sarah Wolmo, arguably the absolute best offseason pickup for the Chicago Red Stars heading into the 2021 season. Win a ball. That's what she does. Yeah. Sarah Wolmo wins. Toe poke. Wins. She said it to us right when she came to the team. She says, I get a toe in there. And that's exactly what she did. She, uh, she toe poked and won that ball. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Carried it a little bit. Yep. And uh, Mal Pugh, uh on the left of uh, Sarah Wolmo, presence of mind to hold her run a bit, let Wolmo do what she was going to do, and just this space opened up mm-hmm. uh, on this on this quick sort of turnover, and Wolmo feeds Pugh, and she times it perfectly and gets it past a very good goalkeeper. And Kaylin Sheridan and Chicago Red Stars are in that sweet spot. Yep. Where they have really liked to live. Yep. Which is our ish. Yep. Mark one goal. Get the goal. And then you're good to see the rest of the game out. Figure it out. Yeah. For the rest of the game. And that's what happened. This goal comes just like 10 minutes after Wilma picks up this yellow and they're, they're up like in the 61st, 62nd minute. Um, And it was, it was delightful. We're talking about, different story arcs and angles here and, and for Pew who we've talked a lot about on this podcast in a, in a national team sense for the Chicago Red Star since she came through clutch this was her first playoff game uh ever in her NWSL career after joining mid-season of 2017 um in the NWSL and now is finally in an NWSL playoff and got the game-winning goal essentially yeah I mean I think some cool things about that particular moment is I do think there is uh, something it's, it's, a, it's self-fulfilling when the goal happens, but there are moments in soccer games where you see, you know, attacks happen, right? Every, there are, there's momentum swings, but there are moments where you're like, that's a goal. The moment Sarah Wolmo got that ball, you were like, this is it. It was coming. This is the moment. Um, and Chicago has actually found a way to make it not the moment sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I do want to credit the finish because uh, Mal Pugh is good with both feet. Like she can, she can cross with both feet. She really does not like to shoot with her left foot. And so sometimes that has turned into that kind of a pass. She kind of collects the ball, then dribbles a little bit to switch it over to her right foot to get the shot. And that time she actually was able to switch kind of her angle so that she could one time it with her dominant foot. And, you know, I, again, everything we said at the beginning of this episode stands, um, but 
there have been this is the second moment of the season. The other one was the the game that they won against Washington at home where Pew gets that kind of a finish and I think she got another nice finish in that Washington game. And this is my point of reference because this is the striker that I saw play the most. But there are moments where it's just like Sam Kerr is back on that field. And that goal in the playoff game was that where the strike was perfect. Yeah. And it was exciting and athletic, and yeah. it was great. It was great to see, honestly, and I'm glad yeah. that the crowd got that. It was absolutely 100% an, like energetic, confident. You know who's fully goal. vaccinated against the COVID-19 virus? Who? Sam Kerr. Ew. <laughs> yeah. An Australian, mate. How about that? <laughs> fun fact. Just a fun fact. Good day to that mate over there. Yeah. Um, it just... I think maybe it was also the timing of it for me, too. I mean, it just – there were moments where we were watching this quarterfinal, and I just – I know that for you and I specifically, knowing the way this team progresses throughout a 90 minutes of a match, it was like ha- everything was happening the way that maybe they wanted their game plan to pan out, mm-hmm. which is like if you if you can score – go up first, hey, great, build on it, right? right? But if you don't, get in a halftime scoreless. Right. Get a later goal shut it out right and we saw them do that uh gotham pressing a little bit at the end there kind of um getting a few set pieces of their own getting into corners of their own the xg map had them with like a really high quality chance at the end of the game and i don't remember what that was was it when they like dribbled right in front of the goal i think it was and and miller like pinned it i think next to the goal post yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it almost whipped it through and then Miller has stopped it completely. Yeah. She just said, in the no. moment, I guess it didn't seem that scary, but no. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was, again, these kind of late game scenarios yeah, they, uh, that we've watched Chicago this, get presented yeah. with right. and then shut it down. Um, and they got the win. Then the win meant that they were going to participate in the semifinal against Portland Thorns. And it was sixth, sixth straight semifinal. Big deal. Yeah, it was absolutely. It just, and that's, I think, kind of coming full circle with this episode at the top of the intro here, where it just sort of feels real now. Yeah. It just sort of feels like, okay, well, this is. But this how is, nice is it, though, to get two weeks of this? It's nice. Maybe three. Maybe three, but at least two. We right? We're getting two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do like that. Yeah. I am I I am glad that the league uh made the decision to expand the playoffs. I, I think, think it's, it's exciting. I think uh yeah. it's a good call. It's good for the the league. It's good It'll for It'll be even the better teams. next year with 12 teams, With but 12 teams yeah. it's going to be we yeah. thought this year was competitive. Yeah. Hey, who yeah. knows how next year is going to look, right? Um so it was it was delightful. Also, you know, chatting a, a bit with different players this week. I know for Claire and I, you know, these last two weeks have been like super super chaotic and in, in, in a good energy type of way uh covering the playoffs for different outlets and having to talk having so many different chats with lots of different players not just Chicago Red Stars players um and sort of uh I got to chat with with Morgan Gatra this week for for Attacking Third on CBS and she kind of like echoed like those things a little bit and it was nice to 
to hear that from her about the team's uh, performance that like even though there's like a core Red Star unit in place, like there's a lot of players who have been here before. This is not their first rodeo, but it was sort of great to have this quarterfinal for who there are still people on this team who it's their first experience. And it was sort of nice to just sort of get the, the monkey off the back and be like, it's go time. For sure. I mean, I think I had this thought, this is league wide, um, some usual suspects, right. in these, this semifinal round, these are all teams that have been here before, but a lot of stars getting their first playoff experience. Yeah. Kelly O'Hara played her first playoff game last Insane, week. Right? Isn't that wild? It's so wild. Rose Lavelle is going to play her first playoff game this weekend. Rocky Rodriguez is going to play her first playoff game this weekend. Yeah. Mal Pugh played hers. Chicago had seven players on the field who had never played a playoff game before. Yeah, Kalia Watt. Eight yeah, year, Kalia eight, Watt's another one. Eight year better uh, than the I was like, yeah, I was like, uh, what? Miller, Malazzo, um, yeah, it's the Waldmo, Pew, Watt, Hill. Like it was a lot yeah. of players. I think that's my like one of my favorite like yeah. sort of narratives going into this playoff is yeah. like there are going to be a lot of uh, there are going to be a lot of like uh, old heads when it comes to like yeah. people who've been fans of the league and following this. And one of the things it's like oh it's like but it's like good players who have been on kind of bad teams really getting their shot. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like there's this weird kind of thing where it's like oh it's like kind of shaking out where it's like similar teams who've been right. in the playoffs before, but it's also like actually. There are so many players so who are like players. getting their first taste of like yep. what this energy is, and I think it's it's delivering yeah. a little bit. Like right. we on the other side of this quarterfinal, we got to witness a ridiculous goalkeeping battle between Casey Murphy and our uh, Audrey Butzel for yeah. for spirit and, and, and courage. So like the quarterfinals delivered each, I think, in their own respective ways. Yeah, and for us, it's been a joy to watch that, and now we get to cover this team going into a semifinal. So they're going to Portland, Claire. They sure are. Uh, last time they were there, not great. No. Uh, 5-0 blowout. Something that we've heard the players say that they've kind of kept that with them a little bit. Yeah. Um, throughout. And maybe they kind of, you know, gave it an exorcism during the second meeting in the regular season where they, they got that 2-1 win uh, over Portland. Um, and so now they're back on the road. Uh, yeah. Yeah to Oregon to, to see this it's, no we all know the history right we're not gonna we're is, not gonna like wax poetic about that and hammer it they they haven't had the, the best of experiences playing away on the road at Portland um but I don't know I just feel like this team right now is clicking in a really good way yeah and uh they also kind of have the same vibe about that they're like what are we gonna do go to Portland and, and be intimidated like we've been there like yeah I mean I think I think the good news that some of the differences I mean this is only going to be the second time the two teams have played each other in the postseason so um there's not a ton of history there uh first time they've played them in, in Portland in the in the postseason and we know the issues that they have going out there we know the issues that a lot of teams have going out there um However, some some things that make me think that this should be a good game. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if I have Chicago pegged on this one, but I, I think they're going to do themselves proud. Is is the new faces? Lots of new players on this team. Who you talk about the institutional histories of of Portland versus versus Chicago? Obviously, there was that five nothing loss, but I, I they've already done kind of a good job flipping the script on that in their own heads too. Like they were talking about how Morgan Gattrall wasn't available for that game or the shock of losing Julie Ertz. Those things are not, well, you know, hopefully they don't lose anybody else, but like those kinds of things are not going to happen this time. And so there's going to be that element to it, much more secure back line. Um, And I think also the difference between Chicago this year and some past years where they have not had great semifinals is momentum a little bit which is the reason they felt so good in 2019 was because they had won five games going into that game. 
Um, they have now won four going into this game. And that is different than 2017 where they really just kind of plateaued and slid into the playoffs. Or I don't remember what their form was at the end of 2016, but like I think it was that, that kind of thing where Chicago had this history of, of doing really well in the middle of the season and then plateauing, whereas in this season – they struggled at the beginning and then now are on what they feel like is an upswing. And I do think emotionally that makes a difference. Um, will it be enough? I don't know, but I think that those are all positive signs. And so I would hope, and I believe that even if Chicago concedes first in this game, they're not going to freak out because. Yeah. And I think that's important. Yeah. Because I mean, just looking at their, their second match there, their most recent game against Portland, that's what happened. Right. They went down. They went down early and they didn't freak out. It's true. Um, you know, yeah, and, that and also is huge. It makes a big difference that they've beaten Portland once already this year. Yeah, that's that's important. Yeah. Also, you know, I think it's important that in that game, you know, we also saw the Red Stars make an adjustment a little bit. Yeah. And we saw them do it again in a quarterfinal. Right. Which tells me that they're capable of doing it again in the semifinal if it comes down to that yeah and i think if you're portland you're preparing for the chicago team maybe in a different way that perhaps you haven't in the past because yeah. let's be real chicago has been a team that's been predictable yeah in the past it's true scott parkinson came to a quarterfinal with predictability and yeah. said, i'm gonna face this team in a certain and way and i know what's going to happen and i know what's going to happen and that didn't happen right so if you're mark parsons in the thorns like that's a thing that you maybe you're adding into your preparation for the Chicago Red Stars, right? Right? Maybe it's an maybe it's a new thing. Um, we don't know. We don't. This is a Red Stars podcast, so we don't know. Um, but that's a thing that could be on the table for them in their preparation this week. Um, no, Crystal Dunn. Congrats nope. to Crystal Dunn, yeah, and her husband, right, uh, on the announcement of their baby that's yeah. going to be on the way due in May 2022. Yeah. We are Crystal Dunn stands. Beautiful family. <laughs> yeah, I'm just really so, happy for uh, them. We're to just be so honest. happy yeah. for them. Yeah. Loved the announcement. Yeah. Loved that it was just a lovely fall day announcement. Mm-hmm. No soccer jerseys anywhere. Five just a couple chickens, of three cats, two and parents, a and a baby. Exactly, and yeah. some Air Maxes, and like that's fun. Yep. Um, but that's a similar thing that Chicago is going to have in front of them because they uh, didn't have Haran last time they right? didn't have Haran and now this time they're not going uh, to have now they're done. not going to have Crystal done no dual oh they'll still run dual eights but it's not going to be quite the same yeah yeah so I you know it's talking about this out loud with you right now thinking about that last match against them thinking about this quarterfinal I have no idea what we're going to see in this game, dude. I have seen, I will say this, that I have been around this team for too long. And so my assumption after this draw was like, this is going to be really hard for Chicago, but enough people have presented to me arguments why they think Chicago could pull this off that I'm beginning to believe. However, People it, did the same thing to me in 2019 before the final. So, so I don't know. <laughs> so I'm, sometimes I'm, still I'm right. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we are correct. Yeah. We are the ones who are right. <laughs> oh man, it's so true. I um, don't know. I I hope it's a good game. Like I really do. And I um the other fun thing here's another one here's maybe my little kicker here is um I've joked multiple times to other media members that Chicago is the narrative killer. They are. It was very really astute. Meg Linehan described them. They're like the older sister that grabs the little sibling yes, I remember this. and sits on them with a pillow this was and, in the says, press box. and yes. says, I'm not getting up until you stop. And that's Chicago. They are like truly the narrative smotherer. And so they did it to Gotham and they, if they do it to Portland, it's going to be so funny. 
Um, because they're just like, you know, I don't care what story you guys have going on. We're going to ruin this game for you and we're going to enjoy it. And that is an edge that I love seeing on the red stars, to be honest. I, it's hilarious. I love that you brought that back up. That was so funny when she said it, uh, during the corner final shout out to Courtney Stith and, and yeah, no, this is really fun. The homies came through to Chicago to, to cover some things for the East coast side. Uh, and that was delightful. Um, but no, I'm. I love that about this Red Stars team. I mean, Jesus Christ, could you imagine? That would like ring true. Like that would ring even louder yeah. if if the unthinkable quote unquote happens. Right. Against it was kind of like North Carolina Sunday. going into Washington. You know, they weren't ab- quite able to pull it off. But yeah, that same thing where it's like, no, we're here too. You know. Yeah. No. Right on. I, I'm. I'm. I'm right there with you. I'm there with it. Uh. We'll. We'll see. We are recording this. Um. Uh, you know, in the middle of the week where uh, we do not have access to like an injury report that has not been right. um, released yet. Uh, it probably won't be released until quite later. 12 hours. Yeah, before because kickoff. quite frankly, yeah. um, not been it's great. the end of the season, so we don't care anymore. Uh, because quite frankly, uh, the league and its clubs have been uh, atrocious yeah. uh, at presenting those things in a timely manner to uh, the media and uh, it's it's public that follows them. So um, because they have continued to be so terrible about it, we would assume that it's going to continue into this weekend. I also assume it'll be empty. That's the thing, too, yeah, with yeah. these games is there's no real regulation or accountability about um, players. So I think the only people who will be designed out would be people who didn't travel. Yeah. And so I think that if, if someone traveled with the team um, – they will not be on the injury report. And then to be completely honest, even if they didn't travel with the team, I don't know if they're going to make the injury report. So we'll yeah, see. We will. We will. We will stay. We will keep, keep an eye on it for sure. Uh, maybe see the return of somebody like Casey Kruger, but you yeah. know, who knows? Uh, would again, love that. But also if not go Tatum, you know, doing great. Yep. Doing great. Talk about a solid rookie for real I, a little bit yeah i was like she let's could've. be bitter yeah. let's be bitter <laughs> she could have been on that short list i feel let's be bitter yeah there are a couple of really nice rookie performances and we all know who's gonna win but mm-hmm. i would say that malazzo has as much of an argument to make on the short list as anybody they only took three candidates that's the only thing that was like why not five yeah there were five let, let tatum malazzo be a rookie of the year candidate do it damn it yeah, yeah they let there's five candidates for mvp yeah there's five candidates for defender but only three goalkeepers and three, and rookies. three rookies that's weird yeah that's weird yeah Ooh. that's suspicious yeah no it's not <laughs> no it's not it's um not. so i'm excited to watch this game i'm excited to see how it uh pans out it's the most exciting time of the year y'all we said it even during the quarterfinal match but this is really truly the most exciting time of the year the week that leads up to the semifinal to the semifinal i love this week it's so delightful the yeah. energy is good it forces people to say nice things about chicago after ignoring them all year all year long all <laughs> i get year a kick long. out of it yeah it's delightful and we just smile and nod and say yes welcome uh-huh. you have finally arrived yes <laughs> and i am here like, like the, i'm like the disheveled like fox puppet me right yeah just like just like looking at you while you're saying the nice things yeah <laughs> or even watching that quarterfinal people are like is this it and it's like uh-huh oh, yep, that's the <laughs> yeah this is what happens <laughs> that's the team yeah, uh-huh. that we cover in chicago yeah. oh man um all right so let's try to have some continuity here uh, a player that i would like to see ball the hell out in portland you know, I'm I'm going to go with two, and I think I'm still going to stick with, like, the first-timers here. 
but I want to go with like the first time veterans. I would love to see Sarah Wilden have another batshit amazing yeah, game in the she's midfield. A good, she's a good vibe cleaner too. Someone um, who's just probably not afraid of that team. Yeah, and I would love to see Kalia Watt um, also get her name on a score sheet in a playoff. Yeah. So those are the two I'm going to go with. How about you? I would really like Sarah Gordon to have a good game. She is someone who has not always had the easiest time in Portland, and that's not her fault. I would really like for her to impose a new level of control um, against that. that, That's kind of scary Portland attack. Um, And then, honestly, again, what I think the the game is going to need is I do think it's going to require a little bit of magic for Mal Pugh. And that just kind of is what it is. We'll see what happens and we'll see how it plays out. We will be watching. We will be covering. And, of course, we will be here chatting about it with each other and on the podcast for you all. I want to thank you all for listening. If you've enjoyed what we've chatted about here, there's a number of ways to continue your support of our work. And the best, most direct way to do that is via our patron. It's also Chat patron. There's a number of tiers that we have starting at $2 all the way to $25. Find a subscription that works for you. If you are someone who is unable to donate financially right now, we understand things are hard all over. There's a whole ton of other ways to continue your support of our work. You can also do that by following us on social media channels like Twitter or Instagram at Southside Chat Pod with one letter P. You can also find us on streaming services like Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, all that good stuff. Uh, head on over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review. That helps us out so much whenever we are making these episodes for you all. So everyone, stay safe. Continue to wear your mask when you are asked. Get vaccinated get your damn shot when you are able just do it (laughs) do it for the science and for the community y'all continue your support of black players in black life and we will be back next week to recap Chicago versus Portland